Welcome! I'm glad you're here. You're listening to Banjo Chat, where I bring in amazing banjo players and chat with them about their life, their music, their stories, their pitfalls, inspirations, and advice. So, join us on this journey into Banjo Chat. Hello, hello! I'm your host, Hilary Hawk, and this is my podcast. Welcome to the Banjo Chat. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you're listening. Hope you're doing well. I got my incense lit. I got my air conditioner on. Actually, I got the air conditioner off, so it's not too loud. Yeah, so we're jumping into this. We're doing it. And, you know, I felt like I needed to know a little bit more about my friends who are making great music. Great music with the banjo. You know, I could go out and see shows, but, you know, honestly, I don't. For some reason, you know, I'm I'm home. Like, I'm a freelance musician, so I'm home. I'm working on my own music. And then, you know, at the end of the day, I kind of want to just relax and do something different. So I've been missing a lot of my friends' great music. And I, yeah, I kind of want to change that and change that for myself. And I hope that you all get to benefit from it too. And I hope you enjoy this. So I'm going to put a spotlight on some of my favorite musicians. We'll talk a bit and listen to their tunes and find out what's going on in their life. So I'm super excited today because on the show, I have one of the first people I thought of when the idea for this came into my mind. She's a singer, she's a banjo player, she's a songwriter raised right here in New York City. She was on tour for a decade with the band Spirit Family Reunion all over the country. Austin City Limits, Harley Strictly Bluegrass Festival, Newport Folk Festival, just to name a few. Now she has her own solo music out. She's got an album called The Dark Was a Glow. I am so excited to have you on here today. Maggie Carson, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. The last time I saw you was actually on here <laughs> because we we did this about a couple weeks ago. Uh, we did the banjo chat and we did it as a Zoom call and we had a great group of people come out and I thought it was a success and and uh, we decided to do it more official as a podcast. We're doing it. We're doing it. But before that, yeah, before that I saw you play, I don't know, like I, th- I think I thought of you first for this because I saw you play not too long I guess not too long time flies but not too long before that with your band in Dumbo um I think it was part of the Brooklyn Americana Festival um I'm not sure if that was the festival or if, if it was just a, a separate gig in Dumbo but yeah me and hubby Jenkins came out we saw you play it was a great show you remember that that was the sweetest thing and also getting to hang with you and hubby and have our little uh banjo huddle I saw you were playing a really cool banjo. Can you tell us a little bit about it? What do you uh, What do you playing? I play uh, a handmade banjo by John Phillips down in Knoxville, Tennessee. He has only made a couple banjos. This is the first one he made, and uh, he was going to start up a little company called Almanac Banjos, but then uh, began to make really beautiful high-end knives. And this has become, uh, this is where the business has taken him. That's called Phillips Forged. He made one for me. He made one for Matt Morlock, and he may have made a, another one or two. Um, well, I don't know what else to say about it. It's like, a, it's a claw hammer banjo, but it's made to be very loud. It was made for playing with Spirit Family, which, you know, it's a band with a drummer and amplification and everything so as if you've ever played with a drummer you know being heard is always a problem so and and being able to play both acoustically and plugged in so with all these considerations um it was designed like that 
Yeah, I think that the banjo is kind of perceived as being very loud, but if you're playing with a band on stage, the banjo, I don't know what happens. It kind of gets lost. It like takes up the same frequency or airspace as like the guitar or like if there's drums, if you play with a drummer, yeah, it gets lost. You need to have some kind of volume boost or plugged in and um yeah, it's not the same as you know, if you're jamming outside, it doesn't have that resonance once you get other instruments on stage. So yeah, you gotta you gotta plug in. Yeah, that's my experience. Also, you know, if if you have the capacity to play loud, you can choose to exercise it or not. Yeah, right. Yeah, like it's great to have the opportunity to be heard, but you don't have to play loud all the time. I mean, that's something that I yeah. think we learn and relearn as musicians all the time. So, um, how was it being on the road with Spear Family Reunion? What, what, for like 10 years, right? There were a couple years when we were really away a lot. We were probably playing 150 shows a year when we were busiest. And that's just show days. So we were gone a lot, but I always had a place here. I mean, this is where I'm from. So wow, I will always find a place here for myself. Uh, where did you grow up exactly? I grew up in Manhattan, yeah, on the Upper West Side. My family's still there, my brother. Definitely traveling around a lot of, I heard a lot of, how did you learn to play the banjo in New York City? And uh, wasn't uh, widely thought of as an instrument that that is played much there. But as you know, yeah, there is a long history of, uh, of the banjo here and of folk music here and the not hard to find that community or those teachers if you want to. I was 18 years old. The internet was a baby, and I Googled banjo teachers. <laughs> yeah, this is like pre-YouTube. Yeah. Like, YouTube instruction didn't exist at the time that you or I were learning banjo. So you actually did have to go out and find teachers, which I think people still do. But, you yeah. know, I think YouTube has definitely changed the game a little bit for learning. Well, how did you how did you learn banjo? Um, my grandparents lived up in Massachusetts, and uh, where they lived, there was a really strong folk music scene, and there was our their neighbors had a hootenanny every year, that was primarily banjo driven, and that was my favorite day of the year, and I was like, how do I make every day like that day? Uh, and this was how I oriented my life for many many years. Um, and so they, the guys up there taught me, uh, Rocky Core and Jeremy Core taught me. I mean, they, I learned so much from them and they recommended the books and everything. Um, I also had a couple lessons here in the city with a banjo player named Roger Sprung. Um, and yeah, yeah. no, I mean, yeah, I heard he just passed and, um, we're sending the best to his family and, and really mourning the loss of a great banjo player. Mm. Yeah. But for you, why did you pick the banjo instead of, say, like the guitar or something? Yeah, I wanted... I mean, I, I loved that... Like, I loved that event um, in Massachusetts, but I also I wanted to play an instrument that could play lead and could play rhythm and that I could carry with me. And I mm. thought that if I played banjo, I would have a better chance of getting to play with people than if I really focused on guitar because mm -hmm. I thought it was more unusual and I knew I wanted to play with other people. 
So I guess it was also partly strategic in addition to like loving the instrument, loving the sound, um, wanting, wanting more opportunities that I thought it would offer. So was Spirit Family your first like, like kind of main band or like real, I guess like quote unquote real band, like what's a real band? I don't know. Like it was your first like band that you kind of took more uh, seriously. Yeah, I started playing in bands in college and I played in a little old time band and like fiddle and banjo and guitar. And then I played with a more of a bizarro rock band that um, was also very informative in like developing my own style and learning how to play with a drummer and how to be heard and how to like, I think I took the approach that like, I was looking for people I was interested in playing with and I was more interested in playing with certain people than in the instruments that they played. So we had a quite unusual ensemble of uh, piano, banjo, drums, and trombone. (laughs) (laughs) That was my college band. And um, we also, uh, we toured some right out of college and um, learned how to book my own tours and, you know, got really uh i was like you can play music and be with your friends and like make enough money to go to the next place this is like all i want to do um i just fell in love with it yeah and that was with a college band and it was a little too i think maybe a little too odd (laughs) no no i would have loved to hear that i mean you're preaching to the choir here i do have a modular synthesizer piano banjo project so i i do (laughs) that sounds amazing to me especially piano i think piano and banjo sound great together i'm sure i'm not the only one out there it's cool especially if you can i mean i like all i like washi keyboards all different kinds of key sounds but it's interesting the connection between the banjo sound and like the tack piano or like the honky-tonk piano like it can almost be hard to distinguish at times like the, the sounds can be very similar, surprisingly similar. Yeah, no, totally. I, I think if you haven't heard banjo and piano together yet, if you're out there listening, find some or make some because it does sound cool. I think, I think it does. Well, I thought, um, so we could take a listen to some of your music from your new album or your newest album, uh, Dark Was a Glow, because you're a songwriter. And I feel like that's one of your strengths i feel like i hear your voice come out your voice is amazing um and i'm so glad that you made this album because it's incredible so i thought we could take a listen to a little bit uh how do you feel about that that's fine yeah sounds good great yeah so let's take a listen to this track called it's the first track on the album it's called your ghost and then we'll talk about it a little bit okay so here is your ghost
right. That's so beautiful. I really love that song. It's like, to me, I'm hearing like a, a simple melody that can kind of get people singing along. The banjo playing is so sparse. You're sticking close to the melody, but you're also adding like little motives, little little bits that kind of are like a tag to the melody. I'm just wondering, like, how did you, how did you, what do you think about when you're playing the banjo with a song that you wrote? I mean, did you write it on the banjo? Did you write it on guitar? I, yeah, so many questions. This one I wrote on banjo. Trying to, it's like pretty much an old time tune with one part that repeats over and over again. And then, yeah, um, sometimes I write on guitar or piano. Um, what do I think about? I I think about trying to be present. Mm-hmm. And the lyrics of this song are so moving to me. It's They're kind mm-hmm. of lyrics that anyone can interpret in a way that's meaningful to them. And it, they're just so beautiful. Like, when I when I listen to it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, where would I be, you know, and, and whatever I think of as the ghost. Or did you have... Uh, an idea of what the ghost is in this song. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was written with a person, like for a person that I was surprised to, I found myself continuing to think about and uh, like feel about after they left. So it felt like a ghost. And the presence was still in my mind with me. Yeah. Wow, so deep. That's really, really incredible. Uh, well, yeah, so let's let's uh, listen to another one from that album. And I was thinking of listening to uh, all that. The songs are great, but I really love the Step A Sway. Um, so let's take a listen to Step A Sway, and then we'll chat some more about it. But let's listen first. Okay, here we go. Changing the massive rearranging the colors of the sky, it's orchestrated unto its own conductor. The rhythm and the fluctuation of each year passing by, a starless night with no illumination. The static from the station, a voice comes loud. Awesome. What a cool tune. I love the chord changes in that. They're kind of the chord changes that just like make you feel something immediately. Or like you can just stare at the wall and like think about your life, you know? (laughs) One of my favorite pastimes. (laughs) That's what I end up doing some days. And you know what? It's better than looking at the internet, I swear. Um, But you know, I was a songwriter first before becoming a banjo player. So, or I'm still a songwriter. You know, you don't lose it. But I... 
do you just get the muse and like flow through it? Like, do you get the muse to write a write a song? Do you write like one or? Do, I feel like when I listen to this that you wrote all these like in two days or something. Like, I feel like you got the muse and just like <laughs> and this flew with it because there is definitely like a thread of a feeling through this whole album. Oh, it's so fun to have uh, you listening. So, uh, I, I don't know, really, you're paying attention. It's really, I'm very honored. These songs were written um, at different times, but I think the production gives it that feeling. And there's definitely just themes in my writing and in what inspires me to write and in what I enjoy thinking about that might make it feel like time has collapsed. Uh, so yeah, some of them were written during Spirit Family times but didn't fit in with that band and some of them were written after we sort of stopped playing so much. Um, recently I joined a songwriting club. Maybe I told you about this when we chatted last, I forget. It's called Music Every Week and uh, you write a song or whatever you call a song mm-hmm, and, uh, mm-hmm. or you get kicked out. Oh, man. <laughs> Every week. Jeez. So it's good, a little motivation. <laughs> uh, you know, the d- song can be defined any way you choose for it to be. Nice. So these are before I started doing that, but I have, I have material for my next album, and a lot of that came out of Song Club. Yeah. And I'm just sort of waiting for the rest of the pieces to align. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely let us know when that happens. Amazing. So, um, so I'm wondering, when you get in front of an audience, uh, what is important to you when you play these songs, when you're out playing your own music now? Do you feel like you want to give something to the audience, or do you feel like it's more about the presentation that you're putting on, um, or is it more about a connection? Do you like playing in front of a large audience? Do you prefer small? Like, what is, what is it about performing that gets you? to share something, to share like some intentional moment together um, and presence and attention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, some, something that feels honest and abstract, which is like what's so mm. beautiful about music. It doesn't, you don't have to have all the same words that you do without it. <laughs> it can be just what it is. I, I love it. It doesn't have to make sense. I mean, I guess nothing has to make sense anyway. Yeah, because, like, why do it if we weren't getting something out of it? Like, why go through all this trouble to take up our time and not make much money and do this thing that we call music, banjo playing especially, if we weren't uh, really enjoying something that was hard to describe, um, that we get back from an audience or from creating music, you know? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I played my, like, I don't, I haven't played many solo shows at all. I played my first one in many, many years this week. And uh, it's such a different experience. I think one of the things I really love about playing is connecting with other people through music. And when you play alone, you're not doing that. And you can connect with yourself and, but, um... Yeah, I think I would always play with other people, and uh, and that's something that I that I love mm. to get out of music that that connection with other people through music. It's hard, like what you say, like when you're playing solo, it's hard not to take everything so personally <laughs> when you're out there like burying your soul, and you can hide a little bit more in a band. 
I don't know. For myself, that's how it feels. Yeah. For sure. I think it would be a good moment now to hear your advice or any kind of like, um, what has kept you motivated in your career as a musician? What has kept you going as a banjo player? Um, any advice for anybody out there maybe who's feeling unmotivated or feeling like they don't know what to do like as a musician or songwriter or banjo player actually i loved it earlier in this episode you said that you were a songwriter and then you were like no i I am a songwriter i that never goes away i i think about being a musician the same way and i know this is a a very people think about this differently they say if you're not making music you're not a musician that's not how I feel. I feel like if there are periods that I go without playing as frequently, it doesn't make me not a musician. And there are times that I play more frequently and less, but it's like, it's just a part of me. And uh, I, that's not really a pep talk. I mean, I, I guess if you're feeling uninspired, try to find some music that'll inspire you. I love listening to WFMU. <laughs> I love Honky Tonk Radio Girl. That's my plug for that show. Probably some people who are listening to this would love that as well. Um, Go get inspired. Go hear some live music. Yeah, no, I think getting inspired sometimes is hard. And, you know, for myself, I think I just need to take a break and listen to something completely different. Listen to a style of music that's totally different for a little bit. And then just coming back to what I'm working on with, like, intention and love and a fresh perspective so yeah i'm just we're gonna kind of wrap it up here but i do i i was thinking about you as a banjo player and and how do you feel like you fit into an old timer folk music scene or do you feel like you fit into a scene here in new york city or beyond old time or bluegrass i mean your finger pick you play claw hammer uh do you feel like you fit into like a genre uh, yes and no. I mean, I think Spirit Family is is pretty deeply in an old time. Basically, it's an old time band with drums. Um, and and my band less so. Um, I don't exactly know where it fits. <laughs> if you have ideas, please let me know. Yeah, yeah. And one thing we haven't mentioned about your life is that you're a mom and you have a son, and um. Has anything changed since having a child? Has your music changed? Has your emphasis on what you do changed? What's that been like for you? Yeah, everything changes. I mean, I had my son in 2021. So the world was, you know, it was the pandemic. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, we we grow and we change and it's hard to know what to attribute to what. I definitely, it's harder to stay out late. Like I'm I'm tired. I don't want to stay out late and do shows that start at 11. Um, You know, I have a schedule that's like based around his schedule. And that's not the same as many musicians that don't have kids. Yeah, but like yesterday, you know, my partner is is the drummer and he's my son wants to pull out the drum and bang on it. And he insists that the ukulele is a bass. I don't know, it's really fun. It's really fun to like engage with music with him and he loves to play with a record player and anyway, I'm probably boring everybody talking about him. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely changed. 
I have a lot of uh, respect and admir admiration for parents who are musicians. Uh, we tried taking him on the road for the first time in June, just for two out-of-town shows. That was amazing, su surprisingly. I mean, my partner did the much harder job of, you know, being the primary parent while I was sound checking and playing. And it was incredible to show up to a venue and have all the staff with my child and have all the staff be like, hey, a kid, wow, like, that's really exciting and give him a balloon and he gets to run around. I mean, people who are like empathetic towards parents and children, I just, I'm so grateful for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I I kind of understand. I mean, I don't have kids myself, but it seems like it takes a village. Uh, I don't know how people do it. I applaud all those mother musicians out there, father musicians doing it. Um, it seems like it's a pretty lucky childhood to be raised by musicians. I, I think he's a pretty lucky kid. We can all be so lucky and listen to your music. Um, so if you want to check out Maggie's music, and you should, you can go to www.maggiecarsonmusic.com and that's M-A-G-G-I-E-C-A-R-S-O-N music. You can also go to your Bandcamp page to buy that new album The Dark Was a Glow, maggiecarson.bandcamp.com So yeah, so I think we can wrap up the banjo chat today. Anything else you want to add or say? Thank you, Hillary, for doing this. Uh, I think it's a really cool project. I look forward to hearing where you go with it. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being the first guest. And thanks, everyone, for listening. If you have any questions, requests, thoughts, you can email banjochatpodcast at gmail.com. That's the name of the podcast, Banjo Chat, followed by podcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at Banjo Chat. All right. Goodbye. Bye. If you'd like to support the Banjo Chat podcast, all you got to do is help it along with a little like, a little subscribe, and a little review, and that'll help boost it a little bit so I can keep making these for you. Thanks so much. <laughs>